0: Good afternoon everybody, this is Dr. Dennis Tian. this is the Dr. Football Podcast, we only talk football, 30 minutes of your football fix every week, we're talking New England Patriots, we're talking NFL, we're not talking medicine, public health, unless it intersects with the NFL, it's only football on this podcast. You know, I wasn't as upset about the New England Patriots loss in Buffalo this weekend, as I really... Expected myself to be season on the line, gut wrenching loss, big fumble on the last play of the game. You'd think I'd be apoplectic. You think as a fan of the New England Patriots, and I really wasn't. I mean, I was upset, and I am upset, and it's a shame that the season really is. If it's not over, it's certainly teetering on the brink of being over. It's going to require. Just an amazing comeback that they're probably not capable of. But I wasn't as upset as I would expect to be because the die for this franchise has already been cast. The Patriots have blown the transition from Tom Brady to the next guy. They blew it. This is a rebuild for this franchise. Yesterday's loss felt right. It felt like what was appropriate for a franchise and a team In the situation they're in In 2014, Bill Belichick famously said That you better to be a little too early Than a little too late at the quarterback position In 2017, three years later They traded Jimmy Garoppolo for almost nothing back They've had three years to answer this question About the transition from beyond Tom Brady To the next chapter of this franchise's history how did this team blow that transition so badly? To me, after yesterday, it's Jared Stidham time in New England. It's time to give this player a chance. Is he, not, is he ready yet? Of course he's not ready yet. Is he a sure thing? Of course he's not. Is he going to make bad mistakes? I would be shocked if he didn't. But this team, as I said in last week's episode of the podcast, they made such a big investment in him. And every week, it becomes more and more clear that that Cam Newton is not the answer for this team's future at quarterback position. We all love Newton. We appreciate what he's doing. He's a professional, but they can't throw the football. The Patriots did not lose yesterday in Buffalo because Cam Newton fumbled with, with 30 seconds left. The Patriots lost that game yesterday because... Cam Newton cannot pass the ball, and they have no passing game. And you can look at the three close games. They're two and five right now. If they had won those three games, they could be five and two, or four and three, or three and four, and they'd really still be in it if they had just won one of those three games. But it's not bad luck. It's science, if you will. It's the fact that they don't have a forward passing game. For them to complete any pass right now is like. An unexpected bonus. Any downfield pass this team completes is a win. And in this passing era of the NFL with unprecedented passing statistics, I know I said this before, but it's just so critical. This team cannot pass the football. And it's why they're losing games. And it's why they're going nowhere. And it's why this franchise is lost. Because they don't have a quarterback. At this point, I say roll with Stidham and let what happens happen. If they go 2-14 with Jared Stidham, so be it. At least you know where you stand as a franchise, and at least you have a good draft pick, and you know Stidham isn't the guy. Right now, it is abundantly clear that this franchise is going nowhere with Cam Newton as the quarterback, and that is... Is why I wasn't that upset yesterday because whether they're three and four or whether they're two and five, whether they sneak into the wild card at eight and eight or nine and seven or whether they completely go down the tubes this season and end up three and thirteen, this team is nowhere near competing for a Super Bowl, and they have totally blown the the transition beyond Tom Brady. And no matter what happens for the rest of this season, unless somehow they strike gold or Stidham provides them with a miracle, this is a franchise without direction. And this is a franchise that has a best-case scenario, best-case scenario, three-year rebuild ahead of them. This is not going to fix in one year unless Stidham is your guy. And that's why it's so puzzling to me that they made that investment in him and then they're not putting him on the field. Talk a little about Bill Belichick A lot of heat Turning on to the old football coach in New England We've seen From Bill Belichick that he's a great Football coach But Bill Belichick has a weakness He has two weaknesses in my opinion He's stubborn and he's arrogant Yesterday the Patriots looked like a great Coach, in a, a greatly coached And well prepared team And the talent is not as bad As they say it is They're losing because of their gaping hole at quarterback. The roster has holes. Every roster has holes in the salary cap ever. The Patriots roster probably has one or two more holes or positional deficiencies than the real contending teams do, taking quarterback out of it. Look at Seattle. That team has holes on their roster. They have have areas, position groups on their team that, that are grossly inadequate. Do you know why Seattle competes? Because they have Russell Wilson. He makes up for it. Okay, The Patriots need skilled position players. And their front seven is weak. But there's more talent on this team than people are giving them credit for. They have a great offensive line. They have among the best running back groups in the league. They have great defensive secondary. Safeties and cornerbacks. They have good special teams. Don't laugh at that. They need to improve. Their skill position on offense, tight ends and receivers, and they need to get front seven players. Because they got big holes there. But everything on this team, everything wrong with this team right now, could be fixed in one offseason if they had a franchise caliber quarterback. Bill Belichick is still a great coach. Let's not forget that. And I don't think he's as bad a talent evaluator as people say. Everyone's turning and pointing the finger at Belichick. I, I am a little bit. Because I know he blew this thing with Brady because he's stubborn and he's arrogant. And he made a big mistake. But lest we forget, he's still a great coach. And I still think he knows how to build a roster. If this team had a quarterback they are not that far away from being a contending team but you could say that about every team in the NFL that doesn't have a quarterback and that's why that's the tragedy of this whole situation with Brady and this franchise they still have good coaching they're still a well-prepared team and they still have a lot of good players you take Tom Brady and you put them on this team and they're a division winning team this year with even with all the holes on their roster you take Even with Brady not being the player he was a few years ago, still, there's still a division-contending team. You take Tom Brady and you give him another receiver or two and Donta Hightower and maybe another lineman on defense, this is a Super Bowl-caliber team. So let's not get two down on Belichick or paint him to be totally inept. He blew the franchise quarterback. He blew the transition from quarterback to one quarterback to the next. That is a given. And that is a fatal mistake that might lead to this franchise being set back years. But he's still Bill Belichick. Let's pump the brakes on painting this guy to be some kind of moron or lousy GM or lousy coach. For all the holes they have, if they had a quarterback, they would still be a contending team right now. Now, I got to talk a little about Brady. I'm done hating on Tom Brady. I'm trying so hard to get over it. I doubted Brady last year because I saw from him a level of play that I never seen before. He's 42 years old and his play looked to be in decline. Well, you know what the irony of all ironies is about this Brady-Belichick situation? Brady has been doubted his whole career. Going back to Michigan, doubted. NFL draft, six-round pick, doubted. Backup quarterback for the Patriots, doubted. Comes in, quarterback controversy his first year, half the people around here didn't believe in him, doubted. Okay, all through his career, all he does is win. All he does is produce. All he does is show he's, he's a terrific quarterback. People doubt him. Peyton Manning's better. He proves that wrong. Joe Montana's better. He proves that wrong. Aaron Rodgers is better. He proves that wrong. Brady's been doubted his whole career. He's always risen above it because he's a champion. The irony of all ironies is that the final chapter in the Tom Brady saga is going to be that he was doubted by Bill Belichick and he rose above that to go to another franchise and be a competitive Super Bowl contending team, MVP candidate because he is the true goat. Belichick was the one who believed in Brady, gave him his first chance and rode with him for 20 years. And now the last chapter of this whole saga is going to be Brady overcoming Belichick's doubt and proving that he is indeed the greatest quarterback that ever played. I want to throw a few stats at you about Tom Brady this year from last year. Brady's quarterback rating is up to 91 QBR, 91 this year from 72 or something last year. Last year, He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in deep passes. This year, he's second in the NFL to Russell Wilson on passes longer than 40 yards. Against man-to-man defense, Brady had one of the worst quarterback ratings last season. This year, he has one of the best. And oh, by the way, coincidentally, he's only being pressured 14% of the time, lowest in the NFL. I think what we're seeing now is that Tom Brady's demise looked more than it actually was because of the team around him last year. That Brady may not be the Brady of 2016 and 2017, and I will still maintain he isn't, but he doesn't have to be in Tampa Bay. And he's certainly good enough to win with. If Brady was a 10 three or four years ago, he's like an eight or eight and a half now. And that's a pretty damn good quarterback. You know, there's probably four or five QBs better than him in the league right now. There was no one better than him five years ago. He's still a hell of a lot better than what you have in New England. We're seeing right now that Brady was not the problem with this franchise. That the problems were much deep-rooted, okay, than, than that. There are underlying issues on this team on the offensive side of the ball. I still, as I said a few minutes ago, I still think they're a division-winning team with Brady because Brady makes up for a lot of holes on this roster. But clearly, Tom Brady's living his best life now in Tampa Bay. right? He has the great defense, the great running game, and he's surrounded by talent. And oh, by the way, Antonio Brown just signed with him. Brady doesn't have to be the Brady of 2016 to win in Tampa Bay. But what's really a shame Is that the Patriots couldn't have built that kind of team around him In 2020 and 2021 and 2022 So he could have ended his career as a New England Patriots That's a shame But the more I see The more I see this year And the more I've seen the last 7-8 weeks From the Patriots And from Brady frankly I can understand why Brady wanted to move on From this franchise And you know what? As mad as I am at Brady, or was, and as disappointed as I am, he did what worked best for him. Because this Patriots franchise and Bill Belichick, they were putting him in a situation where he couldn't be the best player that he was capable of being at this point in his career. So he went somewhere that he could do that. And as much as it stings, and this whole thing stings, so bad if you're a Patriots fan. I'm trying so hard to get over my hate towards Brady or my resentment towards him for leaving the Pats. Because you know what? There were some problems on this franchise. And I just think he had his fill. And Belichick probably deserves a lot more responsibility for it all than, than I was willing to give him. Now, as you know, I just said, I still think Belichick's great. But it just seems like the Patriots are in a real downswing And Brady's on the last couple years here. And it wasn't a good match for that reason. It really wasn't. Okay, I'm going to give you some quick takes from the game yesterday. A couple thoughts. Um, It wasn't all bad in Buffalo. I mean, there there were some great strengths. And if Newton doesn't fumble that game away, they they were in a great position to win that game. Or certainly at least tie it. Um, Their offensive line is terrific. I mean, that was... The first time, I think they were fully healthy, firing on all cinder- cylinders. You know, Isaiah Wynn, thank goodness, looks like he's a good player. This team needed to hit a first-round pick. They're desperate to hit a first-round pick. I'm still worried about his injury history, but he looked like a beast yesterday. Um, this guy, Oman Yahu from Michigan, he looks great. They were knocking Buffalo all over the field yesterday, all over the field. And um, they got to cut out a few penalties. You know, Joe, Joe, um, D- David Andrews and Joe Dooney take two huge penalties. This team cannot afford penalties on their offensive line. You're, those are supposed to be two of your best players. But overall, the line looks good. It's a strength. It's a building block. And whenever they do find a quarterback that they can live with, it's going to be a great asset to them if they can hold that together. You know, on that Zach Moss touchdown that Buffalo scored coming right out in the second half, Byron Cowart, the defensive lineman, he was standing there as if if he was expecting Moss to say, excuse me. I mean, just kind of, I don't want to get in your way. Let me get out of your way. Let me stand here. How much is the Pats' terrible tackling the last few weeks due to bad effort versus simply lack of talent in their front seven? I think it's one of the real questions we have to look at for the rest of the season. I look at these guys, and I think everyone's going to start questioning their effort and if guys are buying in. And yes, tackling has a lot to do with heart and desire and effort. But some of these guys, they're just not that good. And some of these guys are are fringe NFL players that I think are being put in tough situations to play a lot of snaps. You know, Juwan Bentley, he's giving you everything he can give you. He's not a bad linebacker, but he shouldn't be your best linebacker. If Bentley was your two or your three... You'd be in great shape for a linebacking core, sort of like a Landon Roberts for all those years, right? If Landon Roberts was your third linebacker, you got a great linebacking core. There was a year where Landon Roberts was the Patriots' first linebacker. You're in big trouble if that's the case, and it's the same thing this year. Uh, some of these guys just, you know, they're being asked to play a little bit above their level, and it's showing on the field. So when you see all this bad tackling, I think you have to wonder how much of it is how much of it is poor effort versus just lack of talent. You know, James White and Rex Burkhead can still play. And they're still Warriors. And they still showed it yesterday. Each made a couple really big plays. But this guy Harris, he looks like a stud. And he looks like a fine too. And maybe a building block for the future. Give me this guy any day. Over Sony Michelle. Not even comparable. How many times was I watching the game yesterday and I saw Damian Harris push the pile forward to get that extra yard or two when I know Sony Michelle would have got stopped in his tracks? Look, I got nothing against Michelle. He seems like a nice person. He's not a good running back. He's not even, maybe he's an average running back. He's, I used to say he was Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, but quite frankly, Ellis was probably better than Sony Michelle. Michelle is the quintessential average back He'll give you only what you allow there to be taken And nothing else If he has great blocking and a great fullback And wide open holes He's not going to fumble He'll take what's there you know, He's going to find yards When they're there for the taking But he's never going to create something He's never going to make something out of nothing and, and he's really not Anything more than an average football player At the NFL level And oh by the way you can't catch the ball the onside kick was a terrible decision. It was, it was just awful. It was Belichick overthinking things. It was Belichick being arrogant. It was way too cute. I know their defense stunk. I know Lawrence Guy was hurt. They stopped Buffalo. On all but three drives yesterday, their defense was not terrible. If they had given up 35 or 42 points at that point, I would say go ahead and do it. You'd only given up 14 points. It was a big mistake. It gave Buffalo a short field. Make them drive the field. You have all the momentum. You just give it all away with a big gamble play. You can say it was a gamble. Well, you know what? They didn't need to gamble in that spot. Jacoby Myers made some great catches yesterday. Maybe a little bit of a bright spot. A lot of those balls Newton threw him were grossly inaccurate. Man, is Cam Newton an inaccurate passer. He is so inaccurate. And I've watched him play for a long time. This is his 10th year in the league. He is getting less and less. He's less accurate now than he was before. And accuracy was never his strength. Patriots got to lose the 2D lineman set. They got crushed whenever they trotted that out. I mean, Brian Dable, to his credit, had the discipline to stick with the power running game, and make the Patriots pay for that cute two-down lineman, three or four linebackers, and 6-7 defensive back on the 5-6-7 defensive back on the field thing that they were trying there. It was not a good idea, and the Bills made them pay for it. You look at both those drives at the start of each half. Patriots came out in that set, and they got steamrolled. Now, to use that here and there is one thing, but when that's your base set, good coach, good coordinator, is going to make you pay for that. And that's exactly what Buffalo did. So I guess the larger question is, you know, the defensive coordinator, when does he start getting some heat, Steve Belichick? Because that's his call, is it not? And it seemed like yesterday it was the wrong call. They got owned whenever they tried that thing out there. Okay, a couple of my thoughts around the league. Before we wrap it up for this week's edition, um, NFC East, New York Giants, man, Daniel Jones has a little bit too much Eli and not enough Manning in him. You know, he came on strong at the beginning last year, and it just looks like that guy doesn't have it. Uh, He turns the ball over a ton. It doesn't look like he sees the field well. He's obviously a smart guy. I mean, he went to Duke, but he turns the ball over way too much. He makes all kinds of bad decisions. I know it's not a great team. I mean, they don't have terrible skill position players. They got Evan Ingram. They got a few decent receivers. Yeah, they lost Barkley, but how important is a running back, really? They still got a couple other decent backs. They got Deion Lewis. They got um, the other guy there, Gallup. You know... He should be able to be functional. I think he's leading the league in turnovers. So, looks like the Giants may be going back to the drawing back, board on the quarterback. But, a little too much Eli. Not enough manning for Daniel Jones. Uh, on the uh, other side of the division, you got the Eagles, 3-4-1. and four and one. Stole a game last week against the Cowboys. Should have never been that close. Carson Wentz continues to be one of the more mercurial, difficult-to-figure-out players in the league. That was really a bad Embarrassing performance, borderline embarrassing performance. By Wentz last week. You know, Wentz stormed onto the league three years ago. He he won the he should have won the MVP. Blew out his knee. Brady stole the MVP from him in 2017. Eagles won the Super Bowl. Never really been able to consistently harness that magic that he had in that run leading up to that injury. Since then, maybe maybe there is some residual from that injury. I don't know, but but Wentz looks like, you know, he, he's just not a very good quarterback right now. Um, and, and that was really a, a really bad performance against the Cowboys on Sunday. I think that you might see Jalen Hurts really probably feels a breathing on his neck from Jalen Hurts right now, Carson Wentz does, because it looks like Hurts is getting closer and closer to getting that job or getting on the field. I don't think the Eagles could have gotten much worse quarterback play than they got last week against the Cowboys. And by the way, they still won by 14 because that's how bad the Cowboys are without Dak Prescott. Um, have you noticed that the balance of power is kind of shifted back to the AFC this year? And and, and you know everyone's talking about the Steelers because they're seven and zero. And it's almost like people forget the Chiefs are seven and one. And the Chiefs are the reigning Super Bowl champions. And oh by the way, the Bills are six and two. And oh by the way, the Titans are five and two, and they've been competitive with a couple of the best teams in the league. So the AFC is a much stronger conference this year. Look at the NFC. Who's the best team in the NFC right now? Probably Seattle. They got a couple big holes on that roster. Green Bay. They've got holes, right? Green Bay 6 and 2. Almost by default, but they can't seem to stop the run when it counts, and they got a they got a lot of deficiencies on that team. The Buccaneers, maybe they are. They're 6 and 2. Do you believe in them fully as a Super Bowl contender yet? And the Saints are 5 and 2, and I've talked about them breeze Looks like he's aging fast. They aren't a great offense this year, so I really think, you know, the balance of power is clearly in the AFC. And it swings back and forth every year, and it's kind of swung back to the AFC. Want to make a one more call in the AFCs? Don't forget about the Miami Dolphins on the AFCs. Don't don't forget about them because I know that they have some some tumult at quarterback they look like they're a pretty good team and and they won a game last week against the Rams where they didn't need a lot of, of good play from their quarterback to win that game. And that seems to be a theme from them this year. They're four and three and Patriots fans are talking a lot about the bills. And are we going to catch up with the bills? And can we still win the division? And if they had won last week, the answer might be yes. Unfortunately right now, you know, because of that loss and because of the fact that dolphins are playing so good, the Patriots are two full games behind the dolphins too. So They're not a pushover this year. They're not a pushover. All right, well, that's all the time we have. Enjoy the uh, football action this weekend. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Dr. Football Podcast. The Patriots are playing Monday night in New York. Should be a win for the Patriots. I don't think you can take any win for granted for this team in 2020. And if they lose or even if they get in a close game, you know, it'll be really disappointing. I've said last week and many times on this podcast that if you look at the NFL, the team with a better quarterback wins 75% of the games. And I'll ask you, tomorrow night, Patriots-Jets, who has the better quarterback if Sam Donald's healthy? Now, Sam Donald, you know, I think he's nothing special, but he's probably better than Cam Newton is right now. I mean, Donald's probably going to have to – go to another franchise, and get a second chance and see if he can redeem his career. He's probably not a starting quarterback in the NFL, but I'm not sure Newton is either. So if I had to take if I had to take one of those two guys right now to win a game, would I take Cam Newton or would I take Sam Darnold? And from what I've seen the last six, seven weeks, as much as Darnold is nothing special and turns the ball over and doesn't look like he's a great quarterback, I mean, damn, he can at least throw the ball downfield. I feel like if you put the right people around him in a good system you might be able to get average play out of him maybe and I'm not sure you can out of Cam Newton right now unfortunately so I guess my point is don't be surprised if this game on the road turns into a, a, a tough or a competitive game well that's all the time I'm going to take right now I want to thank anyone that might have listened have a great morning 30 minutes of football here in the doctor football podcast appreciate anyone that listened have a great weekend and enjoy this beautiful fall weather in New England be well bye-bye